Hey everybody, welcome back. Sunday evening, August 19th, 2018. But for those of you watching this video on Monday morning, uh, welcome back, it's August 20th. So, two things quickly. Uh, New Mexico compound updates. They've been released and the compound has been destroyed. So we pieced together some repeating themes there. Uh, number two, security clearances are being snatched up. Ex-CIA director John Brennan has just lost his and I'm sure that's a huge slap in the face to him and he's probably withdrawing, you know, lacking all that intel that he's used to having. Who's next? I speculate that. And we also talk about Bruce Orr being married to Nellie Orr in Fusion GPS and how that affects the Russian witch hunt dynamics. So let's take a look. We'll start with this article coming out of NBC. Remains found at New Mexico compound identified as those of missing boy. Prosecutors have said that the boy, now identified as Abdul Ghani Wahaj, aged three, died in a religious ritual because his father thought he was possessed by demons. All right. So we go down here, human remains were found at that New Mexico compound in a raid that resulted in several arrests earlier this month have been identified as that of a missing son of one of the people taken into custody. So there's multiple people arrested in regards to this case or involved with this case. Uh, one of them had a son that was missing. The remains found on this compound's property uh, was that child uh, that seemed to be ritually sacrificed uh, because they were under the impression that the, the child had demons on demons in him. So they had to probably exercise them. Uh, we've also got an article covering the same situation here, same story out of uh, Zero Hedge. New Mexico Jihad compound mysteriously destroyed by authorities. Okay. When, when's the last time we heard this? We've heard this a few times, haven't we? And this is why this case is actually very intriguing. So for those that might not have seen my last video on it or have missed it in the media, um, I imagine it will be uh, somewhat suppressed. I, I haven't seen as many people talking about it as I would think would be. Uh, but there's a compound that was found in New Mexico. Uh, multiple children were there and apparently they were being trained to commit school shootings. They had weapons trainings. trainings. They had uh, how to clear rooms, right? They were taught how to breach and clear rooms. Uh, and, you know, this guy, this New York imam, uh, was apparently the resurrection and was going to come back from the dead, uh, like a Jesus Christ figure, and direct them to which target locations were the uh, ultimate, you know, ultimate threat to conduct their school shooting training that they're doing on the compound. And of course, this compound had multiple tunnel systems, uh, pretty, pretty extravagant here, or not extravagant, but pretty detailed and a uh, good amount of it too. So one of these tunnel systems, and I'll show you an image of that in a sec, actually stretched out 150 yards, I think, or 150 feet. I guess that's a major difference outside of the compound. So, you know, that's probably escape mechanisms, uh, ways to bring things in, bring people in undetected, things like that. But this is where it gets weird. The judge on the case actually is letting them go. And I'll explain a little bit. New Mexico authorities have executed a court order to destroy an encampment where the son of a famous New York imam ritualistically murdered his three-year-old son and trained nearly a dozen other children to commit school shootings. Um, the decision to raise the compound is the latest controversial development in the case after New Mexico Judge Sarah Backus on Monday ordered four out of five alleged Muslim extremists free on a 20,000 signed bond, which basically means that they didn't have to pay to get out. Um, and this actually includes the main suspect of the three-year-old, the murderer of the three-year-old, Siraj Ibn Wahaj. Okay, this is... This is what is very hard to understand, or maybe not. It just becomes increasingly obvious that there is some sort of cover-up campaign going on. Siraj Ibn Wahaj is the son 
of a Brooklyn imam that was an unindicted co-conspirator in the 1993 World Trade Center bombings. Okay, so he's his son. The son, Siraj Ibn Wahaj, ritualistically sacrificed the child on a compound that was used to train other children to commit school shootings and mass acts of violence. And his father, the unindicted World Trade Center uh, bombing conspirator, was idolized by Linda Sarsour, popular DNC activist on the left. She's most known uh, for the 2017 Women's March and also Day Without a Woman. Uh, she's been arrested, real provocateur here. Uh, she idolized, she idolized the father, the unindicted World Trade Center bomber. Okay, so she's idolizing this person. My favorite, this is her quote, my favorite person in the room that's mutual is Imam Siraj Wahaj who has been a mentor and motivator and encourager of mine. Someone who has taught me to speak truth to power and not to worry about the consequences. Someone who has taught me we are on this earth to please Allah and only Allah. That we are not here to please any man or woman on this earth. So I'm grateful to you, Imam Siraj. I'm grateful to you, Imam Siraj. God bless you and protect you for a long time because we need you now more than ever. So that's Linda Sarasor, a very, very popular activists on the left when it comes to women's rights, women movements, and the women's march of course in 2017 was major. So the World Trade Center unindicted bomber is her mentor. His son ritualistically sacrificed the child on some remote New Mexico compound uh, and while also training kids to be school shooters and immediately afterwards they're released on a signed bond where they didn't have to pay anything and then immediately after that, the compound's destroyed, raised, completely. What the hell is going on here? Now, the direction being pointed to Linda Sarsour kind of has me curious. Well, it would have everybody curious, and that's basic. But what I'm thinking is, to me, that's an indication of why they would want to suppress a story like this, because she's a very vocal figure, uh, very visible. She's a very visible figure, especially for the... Um, activism when it comes to women's liberal progressive movements, you know, whether that's feminism, um, you know, anything to do with Islam, Islam activism, things like that. Uh, so that's one motivation among many others. So don't you understand there's a few themes here. Number one, ritual sacrifice of children. We have heard that time and time again when you get deep into things and you start to explore you know, the central banking system, who owns the money flow, uh, where these central banks were formed. Uh, we get up to, you know, naturally Rockefellers, Rothschilds, we get up to Vanderbilts, we get up to, and there's many other lineages, bloodlines, you know, Illuminati bloodlines, so to speak. When we get into that zone of things, we see that child sacrifice, whether these are survivor testimonies that come out and describe these horrific acts, um, you know, sort of like satanic panic, where people were saying, it was the uh, police officer, the chief of police in my small town, and the priest, and, and all the elementary school teachers were there. And nobody believed them, because who can believe such affluent figures were a part of this? And we see these themes time and time again, even down to the imagery. 
uh, that people that are involved in this cabal, even down to the imagery that they use. Uh, so I think about Comet Ping Pong. Um, when we first started getting turned on to the evidence over there, and what freaks those people are, uh, they had that uh, wall mural that showed a ritual sacrifice of, wasn't overtly a child, but it was a human, and they were removing the head uh, and carrying a head here while wearing antlers. So the antlers, as well as another symbol that is uh, repeating, all right? Uh, that was also photographed in one of those Rothschild's parvies like years ago. Uh, I forget what I forget what year it was. Um, so we see these symbols brought up again. Ritual child sacrifice or ritual sacrifice is a very real thing. Even the Podesta emails, when we got to look at what type of art they're into, what type of art they own, much of it, much of it depicts ritual sacrifice of children. All right. Now the other theme here that I'd like to touch on is the destruction of a location that a possible false flag um, occurred. Okay, so where have we heard it before? It's been a few times, right? But the main thing that comes back to me is Sandy Hook. Uh, the fact that not only was the school at Sandy Hook demolished, uh, but the fact that Adam Lanza's house was also demolished. Adam Lanza was the school, was the shooter. His house was demolished. Just all of it wiped away. You know, Freedom of Information Acts uh, requests were denied. Footage denied. Now I understand the sensitivity of this, and I understand that right now Alex Jones is, uh, other than the whole censorship and infringement on First Amendment rights thing, um, that's kind of that's kind of his thing. And what really nipped him, nipped him, you know, came back to bite him was this type of stuff, and I'm not promoting anything one way or the other, but I'm just saying that you see these themes repeating time and time again. When something goes wrong, there's these destructions of evidence, and it turns out to be entire buildings. Um, something I just, some crazy connection I just found out too, the people, the company that demolished uh, Adam Lanza's house, it was Paul Manafort's, Paul Manafort's family uh, company, family business, that demolished Adam Lanza, Sandy Hook Shooter's house. Is that not crazy? So here's an article for uh, school shooter Adam Lanza's Newton House is demolished. Um, and here it is. The Manafort brothers of Plainville, Connecticut volunteered to carry out the demolition. So I was like, Manafort, oh, that's a, let me just see. Let me see if there's any connection. So I just went to their website. It's the website here. Didn't really get much from that. There wasn't really many in the history. There wasn't really many names actually mentioned other than like James Manafort. I couldn't tell if it was the same. So you go to Paul Manafort and here we are. April 1st, 1949, Manafort was born as Paul John Manafort Jr. His grandfather, James A. Manafort, immigrated to the U.S. in 1907, and he settled in Connecticut. Check, check, Connecticut. Um, he founded the construction company, New Britain House Wrecking Company, in 1919. Uh, he founded that company, but in 1919, he later renamed it to uh, the Manafort Brothers, Incorporated. So, Paul, Manaf uh, Paul Manafort, who's currently wrapped up in... Uh, uh, the Russian, the Russian meddling uh, political scandal, the witch hunt, the bullshit. Um, all those crimes, by the way, took place before he was campaign chairman for President Trump. Um, so I just thought I'd make that connection known. But again, once again, we see the destruction of property, destruction of evidence of a place where it's like, isn't there something more that can be done with this? I mean, this place is pretty extensive. Here's the tunnel systems that I talked about. All right, so they sent in the tunnel and you can see there's supplies leading all the way up I mean so this is the chamber a side chamber where they believe children were kept it's pretty crazy I mean this is disgusting 
Yeah, so the tunnels, um, it's not 150 yards, um, it's 150 feet, like I said. So, I mean, I refuse to believe that there's no valuable pieces of evidence that can be gleaned from this property. And uh, this gentleman, Gadi, Gadi Schwartz, Gadi, Gadi Schwartz, he's talking about, you know, the innermost part of the compound is a buried RV, the stench is overwhelming, gun boxes, ammo, other signs of several firearms are taken by authorities. Um, so he's taking images of, you know, many of these things that should be evidence issued into evidence i mean you've got the full arsenal here the weapons the ammunition probably the training manuals i mean i know much of it probably was but this is really interesting uh he was even posting some of the books where's that here so this is one of the books that was left on combat the psychology and physiology of deadly conflict in war and peace and there's this, Sword Against Black Magic and Evil Magician. So, Ritual Sacrifice, something like that. I don't know if that has to do with that book, or what is that, a CD? I can't tell. It looks like a book in particular, but that, again, those themes, those pieces are falling into place that don't prove anything one way or the other, but do paint a portrait. So we have destruction of a compound that was very clearly um, into some deeper, darker stuff, as evidenced by the connection to Linda Sarsour, a World Trade Center bombing, uh, manufacturing school shooters. It's kind of like this is another nail in the coffin that suggests, hey, possibly, just possibly, school shootings aren't an authentic happening. You know what I mean? Not always. Not that they're on these types of compounds undergoing this type of training, um, all these shooters in the past. I'm just saying that the third theme that comes into play here is the manufacturing. Um, whether it's through failure of law enforcement entities or intelligence agencies, or enabling from them, such as the Parkland situation. They knew damn well about Nicholas Cruz far ahead of time. He made a YouTube comment stating that he was going to be a professional school shooter. Um, they got that comment tip, but they couldn't figure out where the comment was made from. They couldn't, they couldn't trace back the IP. It's because they wanted him to pop. So at the very least, if Nicholas Cruz was the physical shooter, they let him do it. Every evidence suggests that there was an abundance of warnings through all of this and I believe that they there's no way that they could have missed it uh, honestly so with that said this brings me to my next topic I want to talk about and that's uh, John Brennan's security clearance getting snatched away from him doesn't feel good does it John sucks huh well this is an article from the Washington Post I like to show these types of articles because it shows the spin simultaneously but also I was reading this and I was like this is really just a basic list of people that could possibly be caught up in this next and here's the hoping so John Brennan was the ex-director of the CIA the Central Intelligence Agency and his security clearance his access to top-secret information um, the lifetime need-to-know information the important stuff the good stuff uh, that was taken away from him by Trump and I couldn't be happier about it I think it's a major victory because John Brennan as ex-director of the CIA which is essentially just a rogue entity you know it started as the it didn't even start you know uh, with honest means right so it's a rogue entity that essentially has its hands in everything you know uh, they call it five eyes where it gets international at this point and they've also done a ton of stuff they're responsible for black projects that would make you throw up whether that's trafficking of kids um, in the finders case that you know when people were arrested with a bunch of kids in their van um, they were traced back to having stayed in a warehouse and upon getting a warrant to search the warehouse all the documents were leading them back to the CIA there were CIA documents 
Uh, so these will traffic children with people that seem to be employees or active intelligence officers in the CIA. So this John Brennan guy, he's the director of all that. It's a lot of power. They make the world turn without us seeing how they do it or knowing that they do it if you don't look close, but you can see it if you do look close. Now, would you want someone like John Brennan having security clearance anymore? Isn't security clearance need to know? Does he need to know? So even if John Brennan wasn't this evil director of a rogue intel committee or ex-director um, on an anti-Trump agenda, essentially aspiring in Congress, I mean, even if he was a good guy and he wasn't doing any of that, I, I think you should probably minimize, you know, the amount of security clearances that people, that, you know, that are given out. He doesn't need to know anymore. At least reduce what was needed as a director down to civilian status, if he is truly civilian status. So that just goes without saying. But we're looking at a couple people coming up that, and I'm willing to predict that, but it's no major prediction. Everyone knows that more than likely there's going to be a couple people coming up that are going to be stripped of their clearance as well. And my guess personally is going to be Comey, Adam Schiff, and Bruce Orr. Uh, so James Comey was FBI director um, until President Trump fired him. And uh, he dropped the ball. No, nah, no, he didn't drop the ball. That insinuates that there was conscious effort to win, uh, and he just failed. No, he was, he was colluding with this as well. He's in Hillary's pocket, DOJ's pocket. So essentially, that's the tarmac meeting um, where uh, Lynch essentially is like, I'm just going to agree with whatever Comey comes down to when it comes to this email investigation with Hillary. This is real bad stuff. Uh, we're building up to the elections here. We're, in, we're really ramping up here. This is not the time to have this. Whatever Comey says, I'm just going to agree with him because I'm Comey's boss. Well, Comey's already compromised. He's part of this spying as well, colluding with Hillary and all these other international figures, Five Eyes, intel agencies or uh, people in them that are colluding together. Crossfire hurricane, as George Webb puts it. Um, so you're looking at James Comey at least, right? Because his story has not been over for a while. He's still present, but it's pretty clear where we're landed with Comey now. Um, you know, there's, there's, I don't even need to go into him, but the curious one now, which is blowing the hell up, is Bruce Orr. Bruce Orr, <clears throat> he's a Justice Department official, and uh, he's come under Republican scrutiny for his contacts with uh, uh, Glenn Simpson. So Glenn Simpson is the co-founder of Fusion GPS. Fusion GPS is a organization that was the one that created the dossier that allowed these FISAs to get passed. Uh, by Rosenstein and them, I believe. I believe I got this process correct. So basically, to get a FISA warrant, you need real, real cause to begin tapping phones, begin intel agency level surveillance on an American citizen, especially, especially someone that is running to become president of the United States, and this is during an election cycle. It's not even like it was before it. Well, it did start before, but you get what I'm saying. Incredible. And the fact that that FISA was only approved, only approved because of this fake dossier that Fusion GPS made. Hey, here's a bunch of bullshit. We just lied that Trump did this. He pissed on this bed, this and that. Here you go. Is this good enough for a FISA? Rosen seems like, fuck it. Puts it down, whatever. And it gets passed. And now you get people inserted in the Trump campaign that are being surveilled, and Trump is being surveilled by proximity, uh, guilty by association, so to speak, which is why Paul Manafort, going back to him, he's being brought up on charges of Russian meddling and conspiracy with Trump uh, to swing the elections, 
when in reality, the crimes that he's responsible for are from before he was campaign chairman. And it had to do with the Podestas and the Podesta group. So, like, we want the Podestas under fire. We want that shit under fire. And it's like they're going after them, the people we want, but then just saying it was Trump, it was Trump. So, Bruce Orr is married to Nellie, Nellie Orr. Now, Nellie Orr worked for Fusion GPS, too. So not, his, not only does he have contacts and his buddies with Clem Simpson, the guy who co-founded Fusion GPS, but he's married to a woman that also worked at Fusion GPS. Unbelievable. So Bruce Orr is definitely going to have that clearance snatched up, but this is just breaking information. In fact, this video is just a couple days late. This came out a little bit ago, but I'm kind of just summarizing the past couple days here in a bundle. Um, so maybe it's going to take a little bit of time to settle uh, before anything is snatched up, or maybe things will just be like red alert, shut it down, snatch it up. I don't know. Uh, but then, of course, my, my next one would be Adam Schiff. Um, and we went through Adam Schiffland uh, with Q uh, informing us about the Standard Hotel. And if you remember that, uh, what was it, the helicopter, helicopter crashes um, where they just fell out of the sky into that house and there were Standard Hotel employees. And that turned us on to the Standard Hotel in general that has a real shady background, which I made a video about in the past if you want to check that out too. So important stuff going on this Bruce or Nelly or stuff is a real banger um, and you're and you're gonna want to keep up to date with that because that is uh, they really threw us a bone on that one and that's where this conspiracy stuff literal conspiracy you get a little overwhelming especially when it comes to like the illegality of or like like government processes stuff that I don't even understand fully so I hope I explain everything perfectly um, I think I've got this though. Point is, it can seem boring on the surface, but this is the exciting shit. And this one is a big piece of big piece of data coming out to the public uh, that would probably turn a few people. So everyone's in full meltdown mode as usual. The media is flipping out, trying to dox jurors on the Paul Manafort trial, trying to get their personal information. This guy, the judge, is getting death threats against him and doesn't travel without U.S. marshals. Things are things are just getting crazy. So. I'll see you guys next time.